We are familiar with David and Goliath. The story, rather. I mean, maybe you haven't met them personally, but um, the story of David and Goliath, a well-known Bible story. It's more than a story. I think sometimes when we say a Bible story, we think of some fictional account. It's an actual account of what occurred when the Israelite army came up against the Philistine army and then this giant of a man more than nine foot tall named Goliath, a warrior, Scripture calls him, came out and he began to, to taunt the Israelites, right? He begins, to, he begins to, to, to insult them, but more than that, to challenge them, to tell them what he thinks of them and what he thinks of their ability to come up against the army of the Philistines. His taunts would ring out at the start of the day. And they'd stay with the Israelites throughout the day and then to close it out before the Israelites laid their head down at night to go to sleep, Goliath once again would stand in the valley and he would cry out with these taunts, these insults, these challenges to the Israelite people. For 40 days, morning and night, Goliath would stand in this valley and he would challenge the Israelites. I'm a champion. I'm a warrior. You are nothing. You are no one, he would tell them. He continued on. Come out and fight me. I will not just defeat you. I will kill you. I'll take the, your, your, your family and I will make them my slaves. We will make them our slaves. We will own your family. I defy you, Goliath would say. I defy not only you, I defy your army, I defy your king, and I defy the God that you serve. These are wonderful taunts that Goliath would say, I mean, he had time to practice. This was not his first battle, right? Goliath would come out day and night with these challenges to the Israelite people. The first thing we read in light of these challenges from Goliath, the first thing we read about the Israelite army is that they were dismayed. They are discouraged. They're broken. They don't know what to do with this giant that stands before them. They are terrified. As time went by, all of these demoralizing words, all these insults, these challenges, they begin to, to pile up. And they have this profound effect on the Israelites. See, because the Israelites began to believe that despite their best efforts, despite what they could do, they began to believe that they were already defeated. That there was no need to even go out against Goliath because they were already destroyed and defeated. Church, I want us to, 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 to imagine, if you can, Take this on personally. Imagine where the Israelites were. What it must have been like to wake up every morning with discouragement and fear as your first 
thought of the day. Can you imagine what it would be like to wake up every morning with discouragement and fear? Can you imagine what it would have been like to go throughout the day since that's the first thing you think of in the morning? That's the first thing you hear you go throughout the day and it just continues to come back. Day after day after day, it piles up on us. And then as you lay your head down at night, once again these taunts begin to ring out. These words of the giant come back and you are unable to sleep at night in fear that that giant will come because he still lurks in the night. Can you imagine what this must have been like for the Israelites? I'm sure so many of us can. Because so many of us deal with this giant of fear in our life. He is alive and he is well and he still speaks out these taunts at the first of the day and the end of the day. He still wakes us up in the morning. He still keeps us up at night. So many people can identify with the Israelites because we deal with these same fears. What if today's the day? What if today is the day or tonight is the night that the giant attacks? What if he attacks? What if he defeats me? What if he wipes me out? What if this giant attack, he attacks, he wipes me out, and then he takes my family too? What if he enslaves them in the same way that he has enslaved me? Day after day after day begins to pile up. See, this basic definition of, of fear is that there is something that is going to destroy us and we can do nothing about it. We have no control over it. This giant of fear can get a foothold in our lives, can't he? He begins to... to, to dominate our thoughts and dominate our lives. He can dis demoralize us. Ultimately, this giant of fear can diminish God's glory in our life. Make us forget about the promises that He has made to us. Make, a, make us forget about the provisions that He has given to us in the past. It can chew away our life. Erode this sense of confidence. Rob us of sleep, steal our joy, and destroy our lives. Fear is a relentless giant, as so many of you know. And it is one that must be taken down in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen? I'm glad some of you are still with me. So what do we do about this giant of fear? We're going to read about this. If you want to turn in, in your Bible or one of the few Bibles, or if you follow along on the Bible app, it's 1 Samuel chapter 17 on the Bible app. It's outlined right there for you. 1 Samuel 17 is where we're going today. And we're going to look at David and the way he faced Goliath, how he faced this giant that had struck fear in the hearts and the lives of so many people. So often... What we believe is that the solution to fear is simply determination. It's courage. 
Don't be afraid. Just be brave. I'm sure many of us have spoken those words before. Just be brave. As I tell my kids, put on your big boy pants or big girl pants. Go out and face it. Right? Just be brave. But I, I, I want to ask, how many of us have tried to fight this giant of fear in our life day after day, and we've lost day after day? And we think we've defeated it. Midday, we think we've defeated it, and then we hit that pillow at night, and there are the taunts back in our head. He wasn't defeated. He just took a nap. Right? so true. Then we think, well, if I can just go back to sleep, if I can go to sleep tonight, then tomorrow I'm going to have more courage and I'm going to face this giant and I'm going to defeat him. I'm going to fight him head on. I'm not going to be afraid anymore. I'm just going to be brave. But I want to tell you again, the solution to fear, the solution to this giant of fear is not determination, more determination, the solution to this giant of fear is not confidence. I can win this time. The solution to this giant of fear is not more preparedness. The solution to this giant of fear is very simply faith. Faith in Jesus Christ. The one who will never leave you. The one who will never abandon you. The one who will never forget about you. The one who will always get this, love you, no matter what. The one whose ways are, are never thwarted. The one who is always victorious. The one who has an eternal plan and an eternal destiny for each and every one of us. You see, it isn't so much saying fear go away. It's not so much calling out to that fear, but confessing that I have confidence that Jesus is bigger than any giant of fear that stands before me. Amen? Because Jesus has already defeated it. So let me give you some, some, some things. We are going to go to 1 Samuel 17. Those of you who thought I forgot, I didn't forget. Here we go, all right? I want to give you some, 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 some things. If you are facing a giant of fear, or maybe tomorrow this giant of fear stands up before you, I want to give you some things. The first thing is this. Call out that giant. Call out that giant. Tell him what's at stake, or think about what is at stake. It's not a matter of win or lose. Are you with me? It's not a matter of win or lose. Why? Because as we said last week, Jesus has already been victorious. He's already won. We don't have to, we don't have to go into this, this, this fight with a giant of fear thinking, well, I might win or I might lose, but either way, I'm going to listen to God. No. We can go into this thinking, I'm going to be obedient to my Heavenly Father. I'm going to be obedient to Jesus Christ. I'm going to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. I'm going to walk into, I'm going to face this giant of fear, and I'm going to be victorious because I am walking in with God who is always victorious. Amen? It's not a matter of win or lose. We've already won. It's not a matter of, how many of you ever heard flight or fight? 
Maybe it goes the other way, fight or flight. I don't know. It depends if you're an optimist or a pessimist. Fight or flight. See, it's not flight or fight either. Because it's not our fight. As David said, this is the Lord's battle. It's not our battle. It's not our fight. The battle is the Lord's. No, instead, when I think about it, instead of win or lose or fight or flight, it's really an issue of flight or face. We either run away from our giant like we've been doing, if we're honest. So many of us have been doing year after year, day after day, running away from our giant. Or, so it's either an issue of flight or facing our giant. Saying, God, if you're allowing this giant of fear to be real in my life, if you're allowing this giant of fear to keep me up at night, to put me to to wake me up in the morning. God, with you, I know nothing is impossible. So I'm going to face this giant of fear and I'm going to do it head on with you, Jesus. So I say the first and most important step, maybe, is to call out your giant, to identify this giant in your life and to think about what's at stake. What's at stake if I face my giant? What's at stake if I run away from my giant of fear? Emotionally, relationally, spiritually, financially. What's at stake if you run away? What's at stake if you stay? I wrote those words this week as I'm thinking about this and the giant of fear. What happens in my life? What is my greatest fear if I were to run away from this giant of fear in my life? My greatest fear then... Because fear gives birth to fear when you run away from fear. My greatest fear, if I run away from this giant of fear in my life, is that he is going to conquer my family. That he's going to enslave them in the same way he has at times enslaved me. What's at stake in your life? Whatever that giant of fear that you are facing, identify it. And then call it out. What's at stake. I'm going to read verse 26, the first verse now that I've read after all of this rambling. We'll get to it. God's Word, here it is. I said the, the giant of fear. See, I, I, I warmed you up and then I said, no, wait. Uh, this giant of fear, right? He's calling out the Israelites. They're dismayed. They're discouraged. They're afraid. They're running away. David then says, verse 26 of 1 Samuel 17, David asked the men standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? You see here, David not only sees this giant, he hears the taunts of this giant, he calls that giant out. What's going to be done for him? If he, if, what's going to be done for the man who takes that guy down? What's going to be done for that man who protects my family, my community, my nation, my future, my God? That's what David is standing up against. Make no mistake about it. David knew what was at stake. If he joined the rest of the Israelite army that are retreating and running back behind the hill, versus if he and he alone faced it through God's guidance. So I say first and foremost, identify this giant of fear. What is at stake? And then remember God's 
provisions, and remember God's promises. Let me just ask you this. I asked you earlier, what has God done? What has God promised to do for you in the future? When this giant of fear is taunting you, see, it's so easy. Even the, 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 the bravest, most courageous individuals, when fear begins to, to taunt and strikes us, we can talk ourselves out of facing Him. We can let the words of others talk us out of facing this giant. David is surrounded by an Israelite army that are saying, run for the hills, right? And David's the only one that stepped forward and said, no, what's going to happen if I go out there? I don't think David's really concerned about the reward. He's speaking the first words of faith in a time of fear. One way to combat this is to remember what God has done for you in the past and what God has promised to do again and again and again. And the only way we can do that, friends, is to get into His Word. The only way we can do that is to get into His Word and reflect as we read about His promises. We can reflect as we read about the accounts of what God has done for those in the Scripture and say, God did that for me as well. God did that for me as well. There's great benefit in the church. Can I get an amen to that? Somebody amen it. Come on. There's great benefit in the church coming together and sharing in the victories that we are facing, or that we have had, and the struggles that we are facing. Why? Because I can say, you know what, I just feel, I feel discouraged. I feel defeated right now. And one of you, it's happened hundreds of times, someone in the church will say, you know what, I dealt with that same thing too. And then I remember that God never sleeps. I remember that God still loves me even when I feel defeated. I remember that God never leaves me. God never forgets about me. I remember that God will always love me even when I am bathing in sin. I remember that God has an eternal plan for my life. I remember that God has an eternal destiny set forth for me. Identify that giant of fear. Remember God's promises and His provisions. Verse 33, I'm going to jump over here. 1 Samuel 17.33, Saul replies, David, you're not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a boy. <laughs> I love it. And he's been fighting from his youth. But David said to Saul, you ready? Remember those provisions. Remember the promises. Your servant, David says, I have been keeping my father's sheep. When a lion or beast came carried off the sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it. I rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair. How many of you have seized a lion by its hair? That's pretty cool. Oh, man. I seized it by its hair. I struck it and I rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized. Uh, when I'm, I struck it and I killed it. Your servant has killed both a lion and a bear. How many people have killed a bear? Right? Whew. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. 
because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. Now listen, listen, listen. This is, this is, this is great. Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Do you hear this now? Just thinking now, I've never fought a lion. I've never fought a bear. I fought my dog. If you've seen my dog, he's somewhere in between a lion and a bear. I was just thinking this the other few, a few, a few months back, Linus, our dog, he had stolen a toy, and he's just, oh, just chewing into it because you know, because that's what puppies do, right? He's just a big puppy. He's chewing into it, and one of my kids are over, you know, fearful. Ah, he's going to eat me too. Well, he might. But <laughs> I joke because I, I just walk out and I yell. He drops the toy, and he runs away. Sometimes we need to call out to God in those moments. This is just a side note. And have God yell them, Get away! You're nothing. Watch that giant just run out of our lives. That's a side note. Don't listen. Poor Linus. Where was I? Name your giant of fear. No, no, no. I'm not there yet. Notice now here, here. This is, this is. A, I, got, I got so distracted when I started thinking about my dog. Anyway, notice this. Notice this. Notice this. David says, I'm going to go out and I'm going to fight this, this giant of fear in my, in my, that, 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 that struck fear in the whole nation. Saul, the king, says, David, you can't do it. You're just a tiny little boy. There's no way you can fight that battle. David, though, he thinks about the provisions that God has done for him in the past. He thinks about the promises. God's never going to leave me. And through this, not only does David encourage himself, he convinces Saul, and Saul says, go out and the Lord be with you. Sometimes that's what we need to do. We need to encourage ourselves through God's Word, but we also need to be an encouragement to our church family, to our faith family, and come together and say, what's wrong with you? When did we forget that God is with us? When did we forget that God has already been victorious? When did we forget that our enemy is not an enemy that, that, that will beat, that will defeat our God? As Billy Graham often said, I know I've read the end of the story, and we win, friends! Hallelujah! That's why I get excited. We win! We don't have to sit. We don't have to sit like we're watching an IU basketball game, right? Chewing our fingers, hoping we win, or like we're watching a Purdue basketball game, knowing we're going to lose. Instead, Amen. Instead, we know we're victorious. I can't even look over here right now. <laughs> Identify your giant. Remember your, his provisions. Name your giant of fear. Call him out. I'll speed up now. Verse 45. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with the sword and the spear and the javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. 
If you name your giant of fear, if you call him out, you're going to realize you've got the upper hand. You're going to realize you've always had the upper hand. You know, what, why is this keeping me up? I've got God on my side. Take it to the Lord. That is the most important. Take it to the Lord. Place that giant. Excuse me, giant of fear before him for him to take down. The battle is not ours, the battle is God's. Amen? I don't have to fight this, hallelujah, because I'm not a warrior. But with God, he can defeat it. This is what 1 Samuel 17 46 says. This day the Lord's hand. The Lord will hand you over to me and I will strike you down. I will cut off your head. Wow. David. I love it. Today I will give the carcasses, it gets better, the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth. The whole world, the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. This isn't about me, David says. This isn't just about Israel. This is about the world knowing that there is a God in heaven. All those gathered here, including the Philistines, will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and He will give all of you into our hands. Friends, I say again, the solution to our fear is not determination. It is not more courage. Just go out and put on your big boy pants or big girl pants and face your giant of fear. The solution to our giant of fear is faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? So I talk about these four things. Identify your giant of fear. Remember God's provisions and His promises. Name that, or name that giant of fear and then take it to the Lord. As I talk about these fears, these fears that wake us up in the morning, these fears that keep us up at night, when I talk about this giant of fear in our life, I wonder, what's that giant of fear in your life? So this morning, we're going to close our time by taking it to the Lord. We're going to close our time together, and I'm just going to invite you right where you are just to just sit, to reflect, to let God speak to you and give you time to respond to God as we consider these giants of fear in our lives.